Giddy up, y'all. Get along. Let's move on down the trail. Sun's coming up a little bit later and later. First day of fall was yesterday. How glorious is it out there this morning? Woo! You're tuned in to Rosie on the House and a good Saturday morning to you all. I'm Rosie. Off to my right here. At the really boss's microphone is my wife, Jennifer. Good morning, babe. Don't believe it. Hey, Good morning, everybody. Believe it. Believe it. We've got Romy, my son, here, the producer of the show, as well as Gary, our engineer behind the glass, pushing all the buttons and being prepared for four hours of fabulous fun radio here at Rosie on the House. Well, I think fall... Schedule is dead on. Yesterday at 1 p.m. was the autumn equinox. And how deliciously wonderful is our desert weather right now? I think our animals knew that it was coming. Last week, the dogs and the horses had a new just energy level. Woke up out of summer hibernation, frisky, fun. That's how I feel. Yeah. Just like. Get outside and do something oh, fun. Oh, man, how nice is this? And and so that tells you that you're only a couple weeks away from having the opportunity to get out and see the fall colors all across the great state of Arizona. Arizona Game and Fish has a couple pretty unique opportunities that they've rolled these plans out about three or four years ago, and they have just been tremendously popular. Now, this is the time of year, folks, where the elk – up in the mountains of Arizona, start their breeding season. And when they do that, they start a very vocal challenge called bugling between the male bulls. And you can get out with a game and fish officer up in the White Mountains at the Sipe Wildlife uh, Area. It's right near... Eager, it's a Sipe White Mountain Wildlife Area. On October 7th, they are going to have an elk viewing workshop. Now, look, if, if you're just a city slicker and you've never had the opportunity, this you do not need a four-wheel drive to access this area. You're going to have game and fish, game officers there with you. You're going to be given the opportunity to be given some great places that you may be able to go and, and observe and watch these animals. The Sipe uh, White Mountain Wildlife Area is absolutely a gorgeous area, and it is just on the northern edge of what was the Wallow Fire, largest fire in Arizona history, burned about a half a million Square miles, or was it half a million acres? Half yeah, a million acres. acres. <laughs> we yeah. have yes. 113 square miles yeah, in the state. Yeah, in the state, yes. So a half a million acres uh, all through the White Mountain area. Well, the thing about the fire that, 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 that that's so horrible, the silver lining is that the first trees that come back are the aspen trees. So we are going to have a half a million acres of 
aspen trees to experience fall colors like we have never seen in Arizona if you're in the right area. Now, that's all up and down Highway 191 from uh, uh, Kearney, Marinci, uh, Marinci and uh, Hannigan Meadow up to Eager and Springerville. So this is October 7th. Uh, call the Tawiwi Lodge in Alpine and book yourself a room and get up there and contact Fishing Game and tell them you want to be a part of the elk viewing workshop at the White Mountain Wildlife Area near Eager. Do you have to have a reservation? Oh, yeah. This yeah. is li very limited opportunities. And the, the bulls will be bucling. They try and intimidate each other. It's, it's, it's spectacular, a spectacular event. Now, we've also mentioned a couple times that night laboratory exercise near Williams where you take spotlights and, 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 and spotlight the black-footed ferrets out on the plains up there. And they, again, Game and Fish set you up with the spotlights, and they even set up traps to try and trap them so we can tag them and inoculate them. And we've had listeners bring their, grand, their grandchildren to this event and write us and tell us how spectacular an event it is. So there's a couple great opportunities to get out in the great state of Arizona with the guys and gals at Arizona Game and Fish and get an encounter with some of the fantastic wildlife we have here in the great state. In today's newspaper, they talk about the very topic we were going to mention about touring the state and seeing color. Can you, can you remember some of your favorite roads and routes and camping places we've been that Shout it out in color. Just that road between Eager into Alpine, along those curves in the highway. And as you, when you come around a curve, that's always so fun because you don't know what's coming. And then you turn, and then it's just like this present, all different kinds of colors, reds and yellows, and just nothing like fall color. It's it's like the book of Ecclesiastes. It says your eyes are never satisfied, and around every corner, it just gets better. And better, better, no matter how beautiful the view is that you're currently appreciating, you're hungry to make that next bend in the road to see what's there. And it is going to be spectacular. Well, some of the places they mentioned in the newspaper are just running up to Boyce Thompson Arboretum outside of Superior. Well, that's a nice, easy drive. That'll be a little bit later. It's a little bit right. more, a little bit uh, low elevation there. But when it starts to turn, it's beautiful. Do y'all have a favorite fall color camping spot, Romy? You know, we don't... I don't think so. Our, our camping's all in the summer, getting out of the desert into the high country for the to avoid the heat. We haven't done a lot. Wintertime is rodeo season, and <laughs> usually... You know, we'll be in Williams next weekend. Okay. Might get to see a little, you think, yeah. or still too early? A little, a little. I'm hoping the elk will be bugling. Yes. And Friday yes. night, we're yes. going to take the kids out to the meadow and just let yes. them hear the elk for the first time. That is you so don't want cool. to camp out right now because you can't sleep. <laughs> they, they, keep you, they keep you up all night. But by the time the wind, you know, November and you know, all the rodeos have moved back down to desert floors. We were at Florence, <laughs> we're at Miranda, we're in... Casa Grande. You know, Which they... makes Amanda happy because she doesn't <laughs> like the cold weather. 
Well, I don't think that the most beautiful place in Arizona, I'll divulge to y'all what was at one time the most beautiful place in all of Arizona. Now, the Wallow Fire consumed it almost completely. So it's going to be another 30 or 40 years before it's as beautiful as it was. But up on the Escadilla Peak, Mm -hmm. the top, Terry Flat. Huge meadows surrounded by aspens. The times we camp there, you wake up with the sun coming up over the New Mexico horizon in the far, far distance. The sun is just sprinkling across those aspen leaves and the meadow grass and the deer and the elk are, are everywhere. But it's all changed now. So we're looking for that next favorite place. The uh, Campbell Blue River was always a, a great place. Always enjoyed getting up in that area. So I bet Mount Graham is really pretty. Graham can, can be very pretty. If you can stay in the drive. <laughs> if you can stay in the drive. That's right. And you know, another pretty place, I, w- I was talking to a friend the other day. He says, you know what, Rosie? We, we just drove up Beeline Highway the other day. As you topped out on top of the rim right there at Diamond Point, we just pulled into the campground right there. And you drive past it so often. And during the week, there's spaces open there. And you're perched right on the rim's edge. And that's a that's a great little spot. And then all around San Francisco Peaks, you've got Hart Prairie, you know, the Hart Prairie Loop and Road. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a trail on the north side. Like if you were still going to Lake Powell or Page, the road that takes you north out of Flagstaff on the east side, there's then a trail that cuts back in and puts you on the north and east side of yes. those peaks. And they write about that trail system a lot there's some i've I've not been on it but it it looks like definitely a bucket list for arizona traveling absolutely and of course everybody can see this color by enjoying arizona highways magazines because talk (laughs) about spectacular pictures that you just can't get enough of well not to knock arizona highways magazine if that's the only way you can see the color enjoy it but boy it's so even as good as the photographs are if you can see it in person, it's that much better. And then you always got West Fork of Oak Creek. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So that's uh, our little tour of Arizona this morning. We have a lot going on. I was talking about the autumn equinox happening in the sky. Well, you know what? There's a lot happening in the sky. We're going to actually have Dr. Sky on at 730 talking about everything that's going on. Romy, do you know today is predicted to be the... The end. The end of the world. What time is it? Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're third through it. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Uh, you get two-thirds although, of the day left. I the, guess anything the, could happen. The rapture is not the end of the world. But there are there are people. It will be for me. As we know it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Me too. So there is, that, there is a planetary alignment that, you know, uh, only happens every few hundred years where you know, the sun is in the Venus or something. I don't know. We're going to have it explained to us. So uh, hopefully we'll make it all through today, right? Yeah, we'll stick together right here at Rosie on the House. We got a rodeo here. This is bad timing for bad, us. Bad timing. Well, and then we have something else happening in the sky where a star is heading towards our solar system with the – it's the three-quarters the size of the sun. It will intersect and cut through the planetary orbits of our planets and wreak complete havoc 
on our solar system. So we've got Dr. Sky coming in to talk about that at 7.30. It's Rosie on the House. We're going to be right back. Y'all don't go anywhere. Speaking of fall color, have y'all seen the colors in some of these photos that have been submitted? I have not. I have to apologize, Romy. I haven't logged on to see. Uh, The last I looked was about, oh, maybe 10 days ago. Well, I haven't. There were a few nice ones. I was going to put them online so people could see them. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I thought, you know what? If we posted these, it's going to keep a lot of people from sending their entries because they think, no, there's no way I got a chance. They're that good, huh? We've got some good pictures. So if you have an Arizona landscape, wildlife photo that you took and you'd like to enter, we're having a contest next year for uh, Rosie's 30th anniversary. We're printing a home maintenance calendar. And in each month, we have a section for a picture of the Arizona Wildlife or Landscape photo. To be submitted by Well, you. and instead of picking them, we thought, well, let's let the listeners pick. You know, this is, this is really for one more tool for their home. Let's bring them in. So we've opened it the last two weeks. Just email us a picture at info at rosieonthehouse.com. And for the first two weeks in October, all the pictures will be posted online on our website, and people will be able to go and pick their 12 favorites, and the 12 with the most votes uh, will be in our 2018 calendar. And the 2018 calendar is to celebrate our 30th year on air, and it's going to include not only a pictorial uh, display of Arizona, but it's also going to be hand, have handy tips on when to take care of your house and when to do what for the month. And it's nothing or a overly, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be do a room edition or <laughs> remodel the kitchen. It's just the typical things that we forget and they slip through the cracks. And I don't know that uh, any one of the months is more than two or three hours worth of work. You just spread that out over a couple Saturdays on us in the morning while you're listening to Rosie on the house and man, you'll be in great shape and there'll be Arizona history, uh, trivia each month. Uh, there's going to be consumer coupons that are going to be available for different retail, um, like, uh, Hickman's eggs. Uh, there's going to be, are you, are you accepting pre-orders now? When are you going to start allowing homeowners to order that? When is it going to come off the presses? Uh, well, when we're done with the voting, then people can start pre-ordering for it. the pictures. And they okay, just send it. us their address, and we'll ship it once once they come off the printer. Okay. Hey, and the other thing that's going on today: not only is it the second day of fall, but it's also National Museum Day, sponsored by the Smithsonian. Now, if you didn't know about that, it's actually on our event page on our, on our website. We try to post some, not everything that's going on, but the things that some things that come across our path we'd like to share. And today is um, Museum Day Live, hosted by Smithsonian, where you can get into museum free. And I have the list open. Do you do you have the? Qual- I think it's two tickets or something. Do you have it open? Uh, not, no, not really. Well, if you just put in your zip code, it tells you the museum's close by. In Mesa, you have Arizona Museum of National History. 
in the I don't know how you it's I D A E A or Idea Museum. Idea. The Desert Botanical Gardens. Uh, there is a, a bargain for you. Pueblo Grande Museum, which we love. Probably, I think one of the most overlooked little jewels of all the park systems in Phoenix, located right there on the east southeast corner of uh, Sky Harbor Airport, 44th Street in Washington. Just tucked right back in there. You wouldn't even know it was there. It It's tucked right in there. It is a fabulous place to go and get a small taste and appreciation of the Hohokam that originally settled the Salt and Verde Valley area. Uh, and the number of people that were in the valley back there 1,000, 1,200, 1,400 years ago. When taking the kids there on field trips, it's really neat because they have a lot on the outside. It's not just a museum inside, but you can walk around and see the ball pits and the, different, and the irrigation systems and things. But for a kid to stand there and try to imagine life without all the buildings and all the roads and just, just to be able to visualize life so different and it's set right in the heart, the contrast is pretty pretty impressionable. There's actually a section of the original hand-dug canals that you can take a look at. And these these canals ran hundreds of miles and they were hand dug and they're approximately eight to 12 feet wide and about six feet deep. Hand dug. Hand dug. They didn't need gyms back then. Golly. So Pueblo Grande is one of the museums that today you can get in for free. Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art, ASU Art Museum, Arizona Heritage Center at Papago Park are just some of the parks. You can find all those parks at Rosie on the house.com under the event tab it's national museum day and also in the event you'll see the great american seat up during the bottom of the hour news will actually be going over there it's just down the street from where we're broadcasting here at our ktar studios this morning and we'll have the eight o'clock hour our outdoor living hour live with our urban farmer mr greg peterson for the great american seat up and he's got a special guest lined up to join us as well so if that you, opens at 10, right? It does. If you've heard us talking, it's planting season is coming. And if you're just so motivated to do a vegetable garden, this is the premier event for uh, fall planting. It's thousands of different seed varieties that you buy in bulk. I mean, what you would what you would go some places and buy and a little five paper. or six dollars <laughs> in a packet. You, uh, you get a scoop, and you, you just get go a around scoop. and fill up your bags. And, and some of these scoops are like 75 cents, <laughs> and, you know, you get four and 500 seeds. So the the is it the seed up, the great American seed up? Yep. Well, I'm, I'm North gonna... Central, Century and Bethany Home at the church there. North in Central the Baptist lot. Church. Yep. I'm, I, can I ride along with you, Romy? I'd, I'd love to see that. Well, what would we do about the phones? Should that, we leave that, Dad alone? That means Rosa that, has to answer the phone. <laughs> so, sounds like Rosie I'm alone. Screen. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, I think for that we should do it. Well, I think it'd be good for him. <laughs> You're tuned in to Rosie on now. Stay tuned. We've got Doctor Sky coming up at seven thirty. He's going to tell us about an event that's going to change the entire solar system headed our way. But there is a happy ending. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. And uh, they really did it. They, everybody left me, and we've got Dr. Sky on the phone, and I don't even know how to bring him into the broadcast. <laughs> Do you know how to bring him, Gary? <laughs> oh. 
Good morning. Hey, man, they've left me all alone in the studio. This is hilarious. How are you this morning? I'm doing good, brother. I'm up here at the Sedona Rouge in Sedona, 52 degrees. Couldn't be better. Happy, happy, happy. How are you? Hey, what has you, what has you up in Sedona? Doing a Dr. Sky program last night. We do them every month up here at Sedona Rouge. Beautiful resort. And uh, couldn't ask for better weather there, Rosie. Beautiful. And, and so what? what is a Dr. Sky event at Sedona? Well, we have dinner at a beautiful restaurant called Red's. And then after that, it's uh, on to the roof from about 9 o'clock to whenever the people want to leave. And I bring the telescopes, the lasers, and this is the heavenly place to watch the sky. You know that. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> how, how, how does someone book a spot on that event? Well, you just call the Sedona Rouge. I don't have their number right in front of me, but you just give them a call. And the next time we're doing this will be uh, on October 19th, a Thursday. I'll be back here. Well, and we were, cool. we were having a little birthday celebration at our office yesterday at lunchtime. And one of the staff looked at me and says, why haven't you ever taken the staff on Dr. Sky's Canyon Lake tour? And Hey, so there I, you go. So I think the entire, I think we're bringing the entire staff and family. So we, wow. we'll be, well, let's, do, we'll, let's do one of those again. That'll be fun. It, it is. That, that's a great <laughs> trip as well. Out on the uh, Canyon Lake, uh, oh, Doc, yes. Dr. Sky takes you. You have dinner out on the boat, and he's got these lasers pointing up into the sky, and he just kind of talks through whatever it is that you can see out there. Actually, when we did it the last time, we actually saw some bighorn sheep up on the side of Canyon Lake. It was, it was absolutely. great. Absolutely. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, I told people, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the sky right now, and that's why I wanted to bring you on. Of course, we've got the Equinox, which is kind of – dependable and you can count on it and oh, it's yeah. very regular but there's some a lot of other things going on up there right now well rosie it's amazing you know happy fall to everybody and when i tell people it's 52 degrees in sedona it's equally you know comparably uh, cooler obviously in the valley of the sun there but this is probably one of the best times of the year and people know this who've lived here but if you're listening and you're a newcomer to arizona you know rosie so many wonderful things are happening but skywise we get to see some really amazing events coming up here because that summer monsoon, love it or not, is, is now pretty much over. So that the skies now, when the moon is just now a thin crescent in the evening sky, it's still time to really get out. And even if you live in the city, you can still see some very interesting things. We have planets in the sky. We have Jupiter hugging the horizon just after sunset. Saturn pretty much due south. That's the planet where the Cassini spacecraft just burned up in the atmosphere after doing so much great research. And then in the morning sky, Rosie, we wake up to, uh, just as people were watching before showtime here, you get to see the beauty of Venus and the dark skies of Arizona is what I'm saying, and the clear skies. What a great time of the year to watch the sky. That that Cassini that just crashed into Saturn here within the last couple of weeks, that, was in, that had been working for NASA for a couple of decades, right? Well, pretty much about 12 to 13 years, wow. to be more precise. But okay. the specifics on it are interesting. Here's a spacecraft that had some nuclear propulsion on it. You know, it had uh, some of those particular people out there that didn't want to see a, a nuclear-powered spacecraft at launch because it could have exploded on the ground. Well, those naysayers were proved wrong. But that particular spacecraft, well over a decade, produced millions of images of the planet Saturn and it reveals something interesting, too, that there are tiny little shepherd moons that hang out inside the little gaps of the rings of Saturn, and they actually, thus their name, shepherd satellites, 
they heard some of the material just to make it as if they're like little street sweepers out there. So Saturn is just an incredible planet, but the spacecraft was intentionally burned up, Rosie, so that if indeed that spacecraft had any surviving Earth, uh, you know, bacteria on it, microbes, that they would never contaminate any of the surface of any of those smaller satellites. This time it burned up completely in the heavy gravity of the planet Saturn, an interesting spacecraft that we should salute. So when you look south and you look up and see the planet Saturn, know that the light takes 84 minutes just to get from Saturn to your eye and back and forth. So long live Cassini, a great project from the uh, good folks at JPL. Was that vehicle capable of capturing images just like right up until the point of incineration? It sure did, and I don't have the exact altitude above the ring system or above the planet itself, but yes, it continued to operate like any normal spacecraft would until the heat of the Saturnian atmosphere actually started to rub up against the spacecraft and the gravity and friction forces literally ripped it apart. So it is actually, there are some images, and I've seen some, I don't know how close to the actual zero moment, but yes, the spacecraft did function all the way down until it disrupted, I should say destructed, and then incinerated into Saturn's atmosphere. And I have to tell you, folks, if y'all haven't been on the website to take a look at some of the images this Cassini took of Saturn, it is, we were talking about the eye never being satisfied driving through Arizona, view after view after view, particularly when you can drive through the mountains and appreciate and soak in the fall colors. But these images of Saturn are just jaw-dropping wonder. They are, Rosie. And if you look at the top of Saturn near the pole, still scientists and meteorologists have a hard time understanding. We talk about, obviously, the sad devastation, and our thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected by these horrific Earth-based hurricanes. But on Saturn, you have this monstrous hexagonal-shaped hurricane that continues to move, not like Jupiter's red spot, but continues to form weather. But remember, the size of these planets is just incredible. Like Jupiter, 12 times the diameter of the Earth. Saturn, Rosie, if you take ring edge to ring edge, it's actually larger than Jupiter. But horrific storms, and we're trying to understand how the, what are the dynamics by objects that are that far away from the sun? How does weather work even out there, and how can it be so intense? So there's a good correlation here. Your tax dollars, I think, in my opinion, are being well spent in understanding weather systems Hopefully, we can understand what happens here on the Earth better, too. Well, in our in our staff meeting yesterday, someone said, well, Rosie, haven't you heard? You're not going to have a show tomorrow. Oh. It's, <laughs> yes. it, it's the rapture. <laughs> and, yeah. and somebody's predicting the rapture today based on some <laughs> constellation alignments. What's that about? Well, Rosie, let me say this. I try <laughs> to tend to be more scientific, but, you know, we've, let me put it this way. I'll run from that one like the plague because... No, no rapture heard... <laughs> no rapture, in Yavapai, Coconino County yet, right? <laughs> Not that I can tell. Okay. And we've heard this so many times before, but let's put it this way. With all the pain and suffering that these hurricanes have inflicted, sad as it is, obviously there's no science behind what I'm telling people up there from my perspective. We've heard this time and time again. Though I must respect biblical prophecy, let me say that very clearly, but in this particular case, it looks like, Rosie, you'll have a show, and hopefully we'll be able to do this for a long time to come. Well, there's something in biblical prophecy that says no man knows. Exactly. That is also true. <laughs> but everybody... We never know, so never take anything for granted. But, Rosie, there are just so many things, and I wanted to remind the listeners, too, we kicked off, I should have mentioned this earlier, 
We kick off our Dr. Sky observing season. The program's at the Lost Dutchman State Park. Saturday, folks, jot it down, October the 14th at 7 p.m. Nice. Uh, I donate all the money to the park. There's a $7 per car fee, but all that money goes to the dedication of the park. And finally, you mentioned Dolly Steamboat. We do another one on Saturday, October the 28th. So if you want to get to see if you're a newcomer to Arizona or, like myself, if you've been here 30-plus years, well, folks, the Saturday night, October the 28th, give them a call. Book the Dr. Sky Cruise to the Cosmos. Obviously, the reason, the weather should be spectacular, as we know, toward the Halloween time. And there's just so many wonderful things going on, not only above our heads, but around us. And, Rosie, the sun has been acting extremely, uh, how do I say this, off-scale. Last month, after the total solar eclipse up in Idaho that we went to, the sun blew out this gigantic solar flare from a solar region, an active region called AR2673, what does that mean? It means that that sunspot group is uh, projected to actually come back around the side of the sun in a few days on the left edge of the sun, and the havoc and solar storms and X-flares may start once again. How about that? So what, what will that do here? How, how will we experience that here? Hopefully not much at all, but what happened in the early part of this month? This particular sunspot group, literally, and I watch the sun mostly every day with the solar telescope that I have. What is that? It peers into the sun. I can create an eclipse of the sun every day, and I can see what's on the edge of the sun, those big prominences like the red stuff that you saw in the eclipse photographs on the edge. But when the sunspot group came around, it was just two small little pores, they called them, on the sun. And in two days, Rosie, it expanded to the size of maybe nearly that of like Uranus or Neptune, gigantic. And these twisting of these magnetic fields cause these flares. So the simple answer to this, here at the, on the Earth, here in Arizona, not much in direct effect, but for the polar regions, get all this energy absorbed and they light up the auroras and they cause a lot of high-frequency radio communications to black out like they use them on aircraft. So the least of our problems, of course, would be seeing the beautiful auroras But remember, back in 1859, at least as the astronomers reported, I call that the Victorian Internet. Of course, they had no Internet like (laughs) we do. They used telegraphs. That's the Victorian Internet. (laughs) Telephone lines actually went on fire. And in those days, they saw the auroras in 1859 all the way down to the equator. So if we had another one of those type of mega flares, I'm sure that with all of our high technology, which would now be reduced to low technology, let us hope and pray that we never have an event like this thing called the Carrington event of 1859. But not much that you would notice, folks, uh, here, let's say, in Arizona, walking around with your phone. But that doesn't mean that some of these events couldn't be induced into power transformers like they were in Great Flares in, 18, in 1989 in Canada. They lost part of the uh, whole power grid. So we just have to keep our eyes to the skies to be able to uh, hopefully try to watch these things. And uh, how can you protect yourself? That's a tough one. The, uh, not much you can do. The the awesome power of creation. Yes. Isn't that amazing? To be respected, obviously. Golly. And on that theme, so you and I both feel like we're probably not going to be raptured today. No. But, but you were telling me on the phone uh, when we were talking earlier in the week that there is an event coming that's pretty significant with a star heading into our solar system, three-quarters the size of the sun that's going to wreak havoc with our existence. Yes, absolutely, Roseanne. People know, of course, of the two extinction events 
One of them at Chicxulub 65 million years ago when an asteroid allegedly smashed into the area we call the Gulf of Mexico, and it happened 65 million years before that. But here's something interesting, and not to worry, it goes along with the non-rapture event today. About <laughs> that's, what, that's why I thought we'd tie it together. <laughs> <laughs> right, 1.3 million years, so don't drop your coffee just yet and run out of the house. But on a serious note, this is a star that's about three-quarters the size of the sun. It's called Gliese 710. Remember that. Gliese 710. It's one of the only stars that astronomers believe will actually invade the inner or outer, excuse me, the outer solar system and come within, get a load of this, 77 light days. We usually talk in light years. 77 light days is about 430 times the distance of Neptune. But why is this significant? Around the solar system, we know this for a fact, there's a large cloud of comets called the Oort cloud. And what this is allegedly going to do then, and I know, don't drop your coffee just yet, it's 1.3 million years in the future, it will <laughs> unleash hell by unleashing comets, which are the highest projectile speed objects that the solar system has. The largest of these objects makes meteors look like they're tiny or asteroids. But this will unleash a comet storm toward the inner solar system, and that's not good because now, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be like a gigantic shotgun blast happening in the solar system as this gravity of the star just literally mixes up all that dormant material outside there. So astronomers have been studying this, and good that they are because so many people wonder what would happen if a star came very close to the sun. So it's a good exercise and understand on the, on the computer what wow. might happen, but it's not good for the future. 1.3 million years into the future with cometary storms from Gliese 710. Find, find something else to worry about. Dr. Sky, can you hang on for a couple minutes? I would love to. Great. We're going to be back with Dr. Sky here at Rosie on the House. We're back at Rosie on the House up in the sky with Dr. Sky, who's phoning in, joining us from beautiful Sedona. Good morning, Rosie. All right, Dr. Sky, let's uh, recap a little bit the different events where people can can have a stargazing experience with you. Last night was one. Well, one of them, again, we'll repeat here in the beautiful Sedona Ruse here, right here at West Sedona. We did the next one that we'll do here for the public is Thursday evening, October the 19th. And if you'd like to schedule or make a reservation for this beautiful resort, the phone number here, 928-203-4111. That's 928-203-4111. And then join us closer to home if you're not able to take a, you know, a short vacation uh, up to Sedona. You do have Lost Dutchman State Park. We begin our Dr. Sky observing season Saturday, October the 14th at 7 p.m., and their rate there is $7 per car, but all the money, I assure you, we donate back to the park. We're actually building this Dr. Sky solar trail out there. So a scale solar system model is in evolution right now. That'll be great. And I always mention to people, Rosie, that if they'd like to email me, go ahead and do that at just drsky, drsky at pox.net. And I'll send you one of our little PDF flyers of all the you know, programs and things and offerings from our company, of course, Dr. Sky, Inc., Everything from personal star parties for your kids, uh, special programs, uh, keynote speaking, all that kind of stuff. And we want to get our big 42-foot RV called the Skyship, appropriately named for the events out there in the sky. 
we come to you with a full broadcast platform and kind of cool stuff. If you want to have a nice little party and celebrate the wonders of the sky, we've got that too. But on, in closing, Rosie, I forgot to mention something I think very important. All you Wildcat fans out there should be very proud of the scientists down there in Tucson. Yesterday, unbeknownst to many, the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, this little tiny spacecraft, was intentionally sent back after it was launched. It passed the Earth, Rosie, to get extra speed, like a slingshot. And it was while we were experiencing our first day of autumn, over Antarctica and South America, it came within 11,000 miles of the Earth, and it's shooting out to an asteroid called Bennu. And around 2023, it's going to try to scoop up some material and literally bring it back to the Earth so we can analyze the uh, composition of these so much uh, populated objects between Mars and Jupiter. But little Bennu is about the size of, let's say, the Empire State Building or a large Nimitz-class carrier. But isn't that amazing, the technology that they can at least get a little spacecraft to do all this and follow directions? It would be, the analogy would be like taking a rifle and trying to aim at an object that was maybe all the way in Los Angeles if you were in New York. And I don't know about you, I don't know how you do that to a gigantic uh, scope on a rifle. That's almost amazing. And be able to hit the target. So we salute our friends down there, the Wildcats and the scientists at the University of Arizona on this one. The, the wonders of space just leave me literally speechless. I mean, the fact that they could engineer that kind of a vehicle, the fact yes. that the fact that we can see 1.2 million years in the future that a star is going to wreak havoc on our solar system. How do, it is how do those charts and graphs and maps get put together? Well, it's incredible. Uh, and that's why people wonder, you know, if they are, and again, I'm not here to do politics, but people wonder sometimes, are we spending money and wasting it in the NASA realm and science? And I would argue, of course, because we love this. But from a real business standpoint, they're spending their budgets only like $19 billion. And if you look at that, if you look at the expenditures from some of, some of the other agencies of our government, it's a very, very tiny, tiny percentile. Now, does that mean you should just throw money at something? Well, hardly. But look at the results, Rosie, as we're talking about, or the projects out there and the young people out there who in all my presentations, you know, when we did our big eclipse event up in Idaho, you had so many young faces there, and they're looking to have that installation of confidence for the future. So we do our best to try to pass that torch of knowledge to young people, because, yes, there is a future out there, and you know it. You and your family do talk so many wonderful things on this radio show, on this station. So we're trying to help out the younger generation to pursue this, but obviously there needs to be funding to study the magic and wonders of the nighttime sky and the daytime sky. And I'm always honored that you have me here, Rosie. And, you know, I have a show here that people know it's earlier than yours, but it's been here for six years, and I'm proud to have the Dr. Sky show here. And we do get a lot of nice compliments, and I appreciate, of course, being with you and your family. Dr. Sky, can't thank you enough for getting up early to be on Rosie on the House after staying up late last night <laughs> showing people the sky. It's always a joy visiting Dr. Sky. Thanks a million. Thank you. My pleasure, Rosie. Thank you. All right. That was absolutely awesome. Does that just leave you in complete wonderment about the solar system? It certainly does me. Now, we've talked about great events Dr. Sky is doing all across the state of Arizona. We talked about the fall colors that are about ready to explode all across northern Arizona. And you could tie in any of these events into your own Arizona staycation if you get to rosieonthehouse.com and 
click on Arizona Staycation, sponsored by Sanderson Ford. We pick a winner every month. Go ahead and get back to the website and sign up again. Every month, sign up again if you don't get picked. Because at the end of every month, we empty all the entries, we let it fill back up, and we pick one winner. You win an Arizona staycation, you get to go out to Sanderson Ford and pick up one of the cars off the demo lot that you'd like to experiment with and put on the road and test drive. And tell us where you want to go, and we'll set up the lodging. And it's your vacation, on your terms, on your schedule, wherever in the great state of Arizona you'd like to go. Only available at rosieonthehouse.com. Romy will be joining us from the great American Seed Up in the 8 o'clock hour. You know, it's no secret here at Rosie on the House. We're proud of our long-term partnerships. And let me tell you today about one of those in particular, DuraFoam Roofing. I can't tell you a time I ever remember a foam roofing truck on one of Rosie's jobs that didn't say DuraFoam Roofing. And they've been a charter partner here at Rosie on the House for over 17 years. If you've got any questions about your foam roof or you're looking to add some outsolation to the insulation value of your home, consider a foam roof from DuraFoam Roofing. After five years in thought, concept, and development, research, traveling, and product identification, we're happy to announce the new edition of the Rosie on the House e-commerce store, primarily focused on hand tools and housing products for you, the Arizona homeowner. These are tools and products we've identified as value here to Arizona homeowners, and we've tested them ourselves. You can find them in the e-store category at rosieonthehouse.com. 